If you didn't like the run-to-pass ratio last week, well, I hate to say it, based on Kansas State's defense, I think you might see a lot more of what you saw last week. So let's talk about that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And frankly, after yesterday's show, thanks for coming back again because I owe all of you an apology. I've honestly felt like a complete moron here for about the last 18 hours or so when I realized I made a pretty big error during my A block of yesterday's program. I said Eli Drinkwitz fired Steve Wilkes during the middle of the 2021 season. Well, uh, those of you who have a better memory than I do, apparently, remember that, no, that's not in fact true. Steve Wilkes left of his own volition after the 2021 season. See, what I was thinking of is when Drinkwitz fired his defensive line coach, Jethro Franklin, I do believe. I should probably look that up, too. But then I hired Al Davis. That's what I was thinking. I was, oh, the midseason defensive line coach change. Oh, I conflated those two events. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and blame COVID fog. Can I do that? Are we still allowed to do that in 2023? But but seriously, folks, I really felt really felt bad about that. That was an embarrassing error on my part. And frankly, when it was pointed out to me a few hours into the show being posted, I thought about, God, do I delete this thing? Do I start over and do a new show? Ultimately, I decided to just leave it up because, well, it had been up for a few hours. And also, my conclusion would have really been the same thing. If somebody would have been sitting next to me and poked me in the ribs and said, hey, John, actually, uh, Steve Wilkes was not fired during the season or at all by Eli Trinkwitz. He wasn't fired, period. I would have said, oh, my bad. But still, yeah, but still, one of my favorite catchphrases, I still think... Eli Drinkwitz does not have the luxury of making Kirby Moore his scapegoat here during the middle of the season. I just don't think that's an option that he can pull here in year four when he's just said, hey, this is going to be great. Going to get a new offensive coordinator. Oh, just kidding. He's terrible. I'm sorry. I just don't think that's an option. Not that we're really talking about firing anybody once again after two games, but again, mostly just wanted to clear that up and, uh, well, get that off my chest. I really have felt mortified here for about the last 18 hours or so. <sighs> okay, felt good to, to get that out there. But, like Bill Belichick, I am now on to Kansas State. And you know what? One thing that was really interesting reviewing Kansas State's game against Troy is the development of Philip Brooks. He's a young man I remember a little bit from last season, a guy who's a really small receiver, plays in the slot for Kansas State, a guy from Lee Summit, Missouri, by the way, guy who was unranked, flying totally under the radar, a guy that without question Missouri could have had if they wanted him, but, well, Missouri's loss, everybody else's loss in the area, frankly, 
is Kansas State's gain because Phillip Brooks all of a sudden looks like a really dangerous slot receiver and a punt returner for the Wildcats. So number eight there, a guy we should really watch out for. And the fact that, well, he is so dangerous from that slot position leads me to believe that we saw Ennis Rakestraw actually follow number nine around into the slot as the game went along Last week against MTSU, well, I think number eight for K-State, Phillip Brooks, is definitely the superior player. So I really wouldn't be surprised if we see Rakestraw in on him on the slot earlier in the ball game because there were a couple times I thought, you know, Dalen Carnell lined up early in the ball game against number nine. Again, a shiftier, sort of smaller, but very speedy slot player, not unlike Phillip Brooks, a similar mold there. But I just think matchup-wise, that may be a tough one for Dalen. Dalen's put on some size since high school when he was a boundary corner. He's now a star a star player, a hybrid safety, strong safety, whatever you want to call it. He's a really good player. Don't get me wrong. I like Dalen Carnell a heck of a lot. I'm just wondering if putting him on Phillip Brooks, for instance, is the best way to go about it. I really think Rakestraw might be moved on the inside and probably Drayden Norwood on the outside after Marcus Clark was the number three corner in week one and saw no snaps that I could see in week two. Now, amusingly, during last season's game, in the lead-up to last season's game against Kansas State in Manhattan, well, I really drew the ire online of a lot of Kansas State fans, despite the fact that I picked the Wildcats correctly, obviously, in retrospect, to win that ball game, well, they were all extremely mad at the Missouri fan who had who had the gall to question the great Adrian Martinez at quarterback. Well, you may remember Adrian played at Nebraska previously, of course, transferred, entered the portal, and wound up in Manhattan last season. You know, even though I picked Missouri to lose that ball game, I thought it was going to be a relatively close game, certainly compared to 40-12, to 12, I believe, was the final last season you know the funny thing is though Adrian Martinez in that ball game nine for 20 for 101 yards so all of the shortcomings that I thought Adrian Martinez had well they very much showed themselves and proved themselves in that ball game last season now he still he did rush for 52 yards and a touchdown in that game. But to me, Will Howard, who took over for Adrian Martinez last season, is by far the superior player. I, I mean, it's really not even close to me because even though he's not the rusher that Adrian Martinez is, Will Howard can move around a little bit too. And he's just he's just a much better passer, to say the least. And well, guess what? Howard is the one who brought you guys to the Big 12 championship. So, you know, I'll take my apology whenever you guys want, Wildcats fans. I'm here and waiting with bated breath. Now, just to open up my brain for you, expose all of my weirdness for you here just for a minute, I really do have an internal conflict as a as a podcaster, especially talking about Missouri football and basketball, something that I just deeply love that brings out the inner child in me. Well, that also I'm kind of a delusionally optimist, optimistic type of person. But and this is where the conflict comes in. I haven't loved what I've seen from Missouri's offense the past couple weeks. So I have to be honest with all of you. Otherwise, what is the point of this podcast? This is an opinion-based podcast. If I'm not going to give you my honest and true opinions, whether it 
reflects poorly or positively on the program on Drinkwitz, well, then what am I even here for? That's the point. But you know what? I'm kind of getting a little bit tired of the negativity. I'm just the type of person, after a, a day or two, a couple episodes of that, I'm going to just start looking for reasons to be hopeful coming into the new week. That's just the type of human being that I am. So with all that in mind, what are some advantages that Missouri might have in this Kansas State game? Heck, if it's still only four and a half over at FanDuel Sportsbook, somebody must think Missouri has a chance to win this ball game. So all this negativity that's around the program, it can all turn around with one victory this week. So let's talk about why exactly all that can happen. But first, passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And with week three of college football upon us, you got to check out Locked On College Football Kickoff Live Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on my YouTube channel and everyone else on the College Network. It's College Football Kickoff Live, covering, of course, the playoffs, all the rivalries, with all of our experts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 10 a.m. to noon on my channel. You won't want to miss it. Well, my mom, by the way, actually worked for the Mizzou football program during the 1990s for a few seasons, the tail end of the Bob Stull era and the beginning of the Larry Smith era as well. And I remember when I got my braces on as an eighth grader, you know, not not a real awesome day for any young kid who's feeling a little awkward anyway. Oh, guess what? Now you get these metal things on your face. This is sure to impress all the girls. At least that's how I felt at the time, right? So my parents were nice enough to bring me to a Mizzou football practice. That was a fun thing to experience. And I remember that day, again, the braces day. I remember getting a big hug from behind from former Missouri cornerback Clayton Baker. I'm sure he doesn't remember this story whatsoever, but it's something that I still remember, and it definitely put a smile on a young man's face that day. But you know what? Clayton, apparently a a listener of the podcast as well, at least occasionally, and he commented recently on Facebook that he thought I was being too negative about this team, and he wanted to see not just negativity, but some solutions. And he wasn't just talking about me, but just Missouri fans 
in general. And hey, generally speaking, that's certainly a fair criticism. But you know what, Clayton? I did actually offer up a lot of solutions on my program. And indeed, in the the tease that he commented on, well, one thing I said was that, hey, Missouri refuses to attack the seams of the field. Now, you could interpret that as a negative comment. You could also interpret that as a solution, meaning, hey, Missouri, attack the seams of the field. Now, I will say this. The way in which Missouri, I wanted them to attack the seams of the field against Middle Tennessee basically involved quick passing and getting rid of the football quickly and just running Theo Weiss, Leo, Luther Burden, maybe even two of them at the same time in order to put the the single high safety in a bind. He can't cover both of them at the same time. He can't help out on both of them at the same time. Well, you know what? It's going to be it's going to look a lot different in Kansas State. If Missouri's going to try to attack the seams, well that's not going to work. Quick passing and just trying to force the ball into Kansas State's 335 largely zone defense where they drop seven, eight guys into coverage a lot, that's probably not going to work, especially with Brady Cook. It's been a lot has been made of the fact that he doesn't have the strongest arm on the team. Well, trying to ask him to throw the ball into incredibly tight zone windows is maybe not the solution. But having said all that, I do still think Missouri can attack the seams within this ball game, whether it is with Burden, Weiss, a tight end. I mean, even Makai Miller and Mookie Cooper can attack the seams as well. But also, it's not just about actually throwing the ball into the seams. It's about clearing space, too, because then guys like Miller and Cooper can run underneath those routes on ends, on drags, whatever it might be, clear out some space and not make those, you know, short gain type, those short distance air yardage type routes, well, give them a little bit more space to actually run after the play and get an easier window for Brady Cook to throw it into. So again, the way you're going to have to make that space, though, I think is to run a lot of play action in this ball game. Because to me, I saw this a lot last season in the ball game as well. One of the the few times, just again, I haven't done a huge deep dive on last season's Missouri-Kansas State game because Frankly, I don't want to put myself through that kind of pain once again. But I do remember that as bad as Missouri's offense was in that game, it seemed like they got a few chunks of yardage on play-action passes. To me, if those linebackers, they're looking at the ball the entire time, they're almost always in a zone coverage. Again, in that 3-3-5 scheme, there's going to be three linebackers out there. Let's cause them to pause. Let's cause them to to maybe trust their eyes a little too much. The point is, regardless of who you're playing against, I think a play, using play action is something Missouri should do in general, but I just really think against Kansas State, you have to make them, their linebackers, come up and respect the run game and hopefully cheat the run game and then throw it over the top of them into the seams, into the intermediate middle part of the field for big yardage. I don't If Missouri doesn't do that, I think it's going to be really hard for them to move the football. Now, again, with that 3-3-5 sort of softer, you know, they're basically daring you to run the football. Missouri, with its 2-1 to run-to-pass ratio last week, out, straight out of 1974 or something, basically, 
I, there's a really good chance you could see something similar to that this week, not only because Missouri wants to protect the football, they want to give their defense a chance to win. Drinkwitz has shown he's pretty conservative with this particular group on defense. I just think if Missouri is going to move the football, and obviously they're going to have to put up some points to win, they've got to make the play-action game a bigger part of this offense. And coming up on the program, I want to get give you an update on Chad Bailey and his injury status for this week, plus no takeaways so far for the Missouri defense. Maybe the only black mark on the stat sheet so far for that defense, but ultimately I just don't think that's anything to worry about whatsoever. But you know what? Before we get there, I want to tell you that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. Well, linebacker Chad Bailey's 21-day oblique injury time frame, well, it was heading just about, we're getting about right there. The Saturday against Kansas State, Eli Drinkwitz seems to be optimistic that Chad is progressing well with with that injury, but Chad not appearing on the too deep this week, not on the depth chart, so that would seem to indicate to me he's probably not going to play against Kansas State on Saturday, but as a betting man, notice I didn't say if I were, as a betting man, I would say that Chad will probably play in St. Louis against Memphis in week four. That, that's just prob- that's just my guess at this point, but obviously whether Chad's in there or not, it would be nice to see Missouri get a few takeaways at some point this season. I guess if you're going to complain about anything the Missouri defense has done so far, it's the lack of turnovers forced. But you know what? I think if you actually are complaining about that, well, I think you're missing the point a little bit. The Tigers have done a nice job of getting pass breakups, six pass breakups, I believe, so far on the season. Statistically, every four pass breakups or so tends to result in an interception. When you get your hands on the ball, well, good things tend to happen. Obviously, Missouri's forced a fumble already, too. As I've said many times, statistically, recovering a fumble, hey, sometimes guys can make great hustle plays to get recover a fumble, don't get me wrong, but statistically, there's not a lot of evidence that says that that's a skill. It's mostly luck. So, as long as Missouri's creating havoc plays, getting home to the quarterback on blitzes, they're hitting the quarterback, they're getting sacks, they're getting pass breakups, they forced a fumble. 
eventually the takeaways are just going to come. A lot of that stuff is just luck at a certain point. The way you make your own luck defensively is just having lots of havoc plays, and so far I think Missouri has had plenty of those. And thanks, as always, for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day, and thanks for sticking with me as I made a fairly egregious error at the top of the show yesterday. But as I said, we're on to Kansas State, and for you every day is, of course, tomorrow on the show. More about Kansas State. May even put in my official pick tomorrow on the show. Haven't decided if we're going to go with that or Friday yet. But regardless, I look forward to recording, and I hope you look forward to listening tomorrow right here on Locked on Mizzou. (laughs) 